Why it's dangerous is with Trump, if you had a coherent, um, if you had a coherent Democratic nominee, if you had a Democratic nominee who could speak well enough, uh, inspire, somewhat inspire people through speech, I mean, the election would be over already because Trump is just digging himself a further and further hole. Uh, now he's talking about going to Tulsa, Oklahoma on Juneteenth. If you know about Juneteenth, which is the, you know, the celebration of the end of slavery, June 19th, he wants Trump is planning on giving a rally on June 19th, the celebration of the end of slavery in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which had the worst, the worst uh, killings of black people, possibly in the history of this country, if you know your history. So Trump is absolutely uh, between the fascism, the racism, he should be defeated and he should be just beaten in a landslide. The problem is you got three presidential debates where Joe Biden is going to have to face Donald Trump. You got Joe Biden is going to have to do more interviews uh, as the summer comes. And you got Joe Biden, who I've been saying, folks, for a long, long time, is not well. And it's covered up sometimes because he tends to do morning television interviews. But sometimes when he's out there during the day, it, it, you can't cover up the obvious that's right in front of our faces. I mean, sorry, but I got to do this. Take a look at this. This is from today when Joe Biden left the basement, uh, a round table he led, I guess, on the coronavirus. He's going down at Texas on Juneteenth, right? The first major massacre, literally speaking, of the uh, Black Wall Street, right, years ago. He was trying to say that Donald Trump is going down to Oklahoma. He confused Oklahoma with Texas on Juneteenth. Uh, Juneteenth, let me just give you the background here. Uh, President Donald Trump was hit with strong backlash on Thursday over his decision to hold a campaign rally next week on Juneteenth, a holiday marking the end of slavery in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the site of one of the deadliest race riots in American history in 1921. Uh, Congresswoman Karen Bass, chair, chairwoman of the Congressional Black Caucus, said the decision to hold the rally there on June 19th is disrespectful to the lives of the community that was lost during the Tulsa race riot. So clearly Trump is doing this intentionally, Oklahoma is not a swing state. He doesn't need to go to Oklahoma to win the election. Anyway, uh, so what Trump's doing is disgusting. He knows the significance of going to Tulsa for a rally on uh, Juneteenth. But not only did Biden mix up Texas and Oklahoma, which whatever, but then he gets into this rambling, incoherent thing about Black Wall Street. And again, I'm not trying to make a false equivalency here because I think Trump, some people might not like me saying this, but I think Trump has revealed himself in the last two or three weeks. I don't fear that Biden is going to bring in the military to squash protesters. I fear a lot of other things about Biden, but not that in particular. But what I do fear with Biden, beyond the warmongering, the business as usual, in terms of Wall Street running this country, fracking continuing him not doing enough to, to turn around climate change, 
tens of millions of people remaining uninsured, no health care, not to mention the tens of millions more who can't even use the health care they have. Biden is clearly not well. And I say that not to try and help Trump, but I say that because Trump, the only, the only reason Trump won in 2016 was you put a historically weak Democratic candidate up to face somebody who has 100 political, who has, you know, 16 different political lives. Just when you think, just remember, every time people have thought Donald Trump is politically dead and over with, we've gotten rid of him. He resurges like the dead. So the fact that Biden is currently up 10 plus points, I think is significant, but I think it's a very big mistake to assume Trump has lost this election. Because if you put that guy on a debate stage, and at this point, I I would think it would be an in-person debate, possibly without an audience, but an in-person debate. You put that guy on a debate stage three times with Trump, Trump's going to wipe the floor with him. But that wasn't the only stumble today, or as the corporate media likes to um, minimize, gaff. They They love calling it gaffs. Here's another doozy from Uncle Joe. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, and by the way, you know, let's just, let's just say the truth here. Joe Biden's wife is responsible for this. She should have stepped in during the primary and had him drop out. President Obama is responsible for responsible for this, should have stepped in, asked him to gracefully bow out. MSNBC is responsible for this. They've covered up, if you want to say stumbles, they've covered up these stumbles for a year. They just don't show them. Same thing goes for CNN. This guy can't remember Obama's name, calls himself an Obiden-Bama Democrat confuses Margaret Thatcher with Theresa May. If you want to say loses his train of thought, fine. Loses his train of thought in almost every single public appearance. So there's two problems with this, okay? Let's just look at the two problems, and and I'd love to know your thoughts in the Super Chat too. Number one, it's easy in the moment, in June, in the moment, to see how the polls are turning against Trump, how even some Republicans are turning against Trump. But six, uh, you got July, August, September, October, November, almost six months in a presidential campaign is a lifetime in politics. It could easily, in two months, be a dead heat again, particularly if more people see that. Joe Biden, the bottom line is, Democrats, yeah, maybe they'll, they'll just say, F*** it. We'll, we'll pull the lever for a comatose man. Whether it's comatose, cognitive decline, whatever you want to call it. But the base generally does not win elections. Independence wins elections. Independent voters. Young people. African-Americans, Latinos. Well, you might say, well, Jordan, 
African-Americans are the base. Well, older African-Americans, yes. Younger African-Americans, particularly the ones that I've been interviewing on the streets, they're not in love with Joe Biden. And they aren't looking at electoral politics as necessarily their salvation. They're not thinking that everything's going to become wonderful and dandy just through voting. We have voted, and look where it's gotten us. The city has given nearly $1 billion in settlements, in settlements for police killing black men. Can you imagine what that $1 billion could have done if you put it towards education, if you put it towards city jobs programs for black people? But we're paying nearly $1 billion in cumulative settlements to the families of black people who their family members have been shot and killed by Chicago police. And those families deserve every last cent of it. But the point is, there's all. The, the money is there. And the, there's no need for this police. But the truth is, and Biden knows this, the police are not really there. You know, the Blue Lives Matter crowd could be hysterical all they want. But the police are really not there as the first priority to protect people. Police are there to protect capitalism. You know, Al Oliver North in his documentary, uh, Untold History of the United States, I think they called the CIA capitalism's invisible army. Well, the police are capitalism's visible army. The police are there to protect capitalism. That is why the media's main focus, the governor's main focus at all these press conferences, at all these media coverage was the looting, was the looting. And you know what? I don't think it's the right thing to be bashing in, you know, bodegas windows and small businesses windows. I don't think they are responsible for the plight of black people. I'm not really crying tears over Chanel, but like Chanel's also like, I get why people are angry, but the truth is, Police are there to keep order for the capitalist system. They, and I can tell you that because I was at Standing Rock freezing my little tushy off for six months on and off. And you had police literally there bashing in the heads of peaceful protesters to protect a oil pipeline. Literally. Oil police there to protect an oil company's profits while bashing in peaceful protesters. So make no mistake, the police in this country, along with them working with Homeland Security, the U.S. Marshals at times, the FBI, they send in moles to infiltrate activist movements. They surveil activist movements. The p police, by and large, are not there to protect people. They are there to keep the economic order intact. So to give more money towards the police is absurd. And this is what neoliberalism is. It's picking catchphrases that sound progressive, community policing, but really have no teeth involved. It's talking about more diversity. So let's put more black people as chiefs of police. Well, there are black people as chiefs of police. You know, the problem is they are still allowing the brutality. The thing, the thing we need is not just more diversity for diversity's sake. If that diversity, you're just throwing black people in to keep the current order. 
In New York City, in Los Angeles, in Chicago, in most of these cities, you could cut the police budget, honestly, in half. In half. And spend that money on jobs for specifically for black and brown people. Specifically, um, child care, things like that. Not only will you see crime go down, you will see economic activity go up and economic equality go up. This is a known thing. They don't want to do it because they're not interested in that. And that's the problem right now where you have Donald Trump, who frankly, this message. Americans are good and virtuous people. We have to work together to confront bigotry and prejudice wherever they appear. But we'll make no progress and heal no wounds by falsely labeling tens of millions of decent Americans as racist or bigots. We have to get everybody together. We have to be in the same same path, I think, Pastor. If we don't do that, we have, we have problems, and we'll do that. We'll do it. I think we're going to do it very easily. It'll go quickly, and it'll go, it'll go very easily. We have so many different elements of strength in this country. We have such potential in this country. We have the greatest potential. We have the greatest country in the world. I'll tell you what. If Trump is running on law and order, if he's running supporting the police, and Biden can't string some sentences together while advocating for more money for police, you're going to depress. The youth vote is going to be depressed. Biden's not going to pull out the youth vote if he's talking for more money for police, if he won't sign on to any defunding of police budgets, which he's saying straight up, I don't agree with cutting police budgets. Less young people are going to come out, yet less young black people are going to come out, less young brown people are going to come out. And independence, I think, if, if they view Biden's struggles with basic language and articulation, Donald Trump's going to win re-election. And right now, people could say, Jordan, you're crazy. Look at the polls. Well, the polls said a lot of things in 2016, and they were wrong. And frankly, say what you want about Hillary Clinton, she could say she could string a few sentences together pretty well. She did pretty well in those debates. But when you mix Biden having zero policy, his campaign is not offering any policy. They're not offering any vision. They're just saying we're not Trump, which is exactly what Hillary Clinton did. The difference is Biden clearly is a shell of his former self. He clearly is not all there. And when Americans are given a choice between the dangers of Trump versus somebody that you don't even know what state he's going to be in in a year from now, two options. Number one, massive, uh, massive demobilization and voter and depression of the vote, particularly the under 50 crowd and more independence pulling to Trump. That's what's gonna happen. Biden's vice presidential pick could make a difference, but the way I'm looking at it right now, I'm not showing you anything you haven't seen because status quo has been showing Biden's clear. There's no other word for it. I'm not gonna label it a certain, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what he has, but he definitely has something going on with his cognitive functioning. 
So all of this, all of this brings me to why this is so dangerous because you're kind of, it's a lose-lose. Either Trump wins, which I think is a loss, or Biden wins. And frankly, if you have somebody in Biden's state who is clearly having this level of problems, do you really think Joe Biden's going to be the one running the country in six months after he's elected, in a year after he's elected? Or do you think it's the neoliberal capitalist vultures that he's already surrounding himself? We're talking about Lawrence Summers. We're talking about Rahm Emanuel, who has his ear. We're talking about Jamie Dimon has been floated as a Treasury te Secretary. You really think if Biden elected, he, if he takes office as, as a 78-year-old with clear cognitive problems, uh, keep pressing that like button, keep sharing this live stream. If you haven't, please subscribe to this channel if you haven't yet. It's unbelievable. We are basically looking at a potential puppet. And we already know if Biden was fully there without these cognitive problems, he'd still be a puppet for Wall Street, big oil, big pharma. But there's a difference between a conscious puppet who's still kind of in the driver's seat, but is doing the bidding of his donors and the oligarchy, and somebody who's just past his expiration date and has most of the heavy lifting being done by his economic advisors, his national security advisors, which knowing Biden, he's probably going to bring in some Republicans there. Hell, Biden and the Democrats are begging. They're publicly almost begging and slobbering for George W. Bush's endorsement, who George W. Bush has now been reincarnated as Jesus of Nazareth. You know, the guy who did Abu Ghraib, Guantanamo Bay, torture around the world, the Iraq war, the financial crash, trying to privatize Social Security, just a few things. But George Bush is now, you know, one of the good guys. There's, the inmates are running the asylum here, and we can't have Donald Trump and Steve Mnuchin just willy-nilly able to give all this money to corporations with no strings attached, and we, won't, we possibly might not even know who the corporations are. Nancy Pelosi, with a straight face, I covered this when she said it, gave a press conference saying, Oh, no, these, these corp the money going to these corporations, it's just a, a pass-through. It's going straight to the employees. It's not going to the owners. They we're just sending it to the corporations, and they're giving it to their employees, and they're, they're not going to be able to fire employees, which Boeing and other companies that got the corporate bailout 
are now starting to do. Now, Mnuchin and Trump, in a stunning move, the Trump administration is signaling that it won't disclose the recipients of more than $500 billion in bailout money delivered to 4.5 million businesses through the PPP. Mnuchin says it's, quote, proprietary and, quote, confidential information. The GAO told Politico that the Small Business Administration is also withholding PPP loan data the agency requested as part of its oversight efforts. Color me surprised. Color me shocked. So what you have here is literally a robbery of the Treasury using a public health catastrophe as a reason to redistribute socialism. This is socialism straight up to redistribute your money for Boeing, for Amazon, and for these scummy, scummy CEOs that don't need it. And let's, let's, be, let's be very clear. Trump and Mnuchin are the ones leading the bank robbery. But Nancy Pelosi knew this was going to happen. Schumer knew this was going to happen. Joe Biden knew this was going to happen. They could have and should have fought from the beginning saying no. The first bill we are doing, we're not giving a cent to corporate America. Been there, done that. We bailed out the banks a decade ago. We're not doing it again. We're giving emergency universal basic income monthly, whether it's Rashida Tlaib's bill, Bernie's bill, $2,000 a month to workers. And once you agree to that, then we could talk about corporations. But instead, they basically wrote a blank check for corporate America. Zero, zero provision in, provisions in there for strings attached. And apparently, no provisions that they would have to actually, by law, tell you who the companies were that are getting them. For all we know, Trump's giving it to companies he does real estate business with. All we know, this is going to companies in Kentucky that could then give more money to Mitch McConnell's reelection efforts. It's just disgusting because let's be clear, and I don't agree with Jimmy on everything, but I agree with Jimmy on this. None of this shit, none of this Republican extremism could happen without the Democrats. None of this could happen without Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, Steny Hoyer, Dick Durbin. All of these people are driving the getaway car and they've been in Congress long enough. They knew who they were dealing with. Steve Mnuchin is the guy who foreclosed illegally on millions of Americans, predominantly black people, by the way, after the financial crash, which Kamala Harris, by the way, who might be Biden's vice president, chose not to prosecute him on when she had the legal grounds to do, to prosecute Steve Mnuchin. They knew who they were dealing with. Did they think they were going to be transparent on who was getting the money? Did they think they were actually going to hold them to keeping their employees? They're either grossly naive and stupid 
or grossly naive and corrupt. I think a little bit of both. So, you know, police, for example, if, if there's a bank robbery, they don't only go after the bank robbers. They go after the getaway car. They go after the people from the outside that help them plan the bank robbery. They don't just look at the three people that held up the bank. The Democrats are complicit in this. And by the way, this, they're not, they are not revealing who got this money at the same time. Look at this. Over three months, courtesy of Warren Gunnels, Bernie Sanders' advisors, three, money, three months of this coronavirus economic catastrophe. Jeff Bezos, his wealth, up $51 billion. Mark Zuckerberg, his wealth, $34 billion. Buffett, $30 billion increase. Walton family, $26 billion increase. Bill Gates, $25 billion increase. Coke's, or Coke, excuse me, $17 billion. Don't know who Paige is. Don't know who Bryn is. Don't know who Ellison is. Balmer, I know, owner of the Los Angeles Clippers, among other things. $10 billion. $243 billion increase in wealth for a who's who of the United Corporations of America, while 44 million people are currently unemployed. I think that number's higher, by the way. 44 million people have filed jobless claims. Approximately 50 million people are without health care in America now, not to mention tens of millions more can't even use the health care they do have. We are in an economic depression. You might not see the soup lines, but we're in a depression. I don't understand how you call 40 million people, 44 million people unemployed, 30 million without health, uh, 50 million without health care, because 29 million didn't have health care before all of this. Now you add the 30 million estimates have lost their employer-sponsored health care. You call that a recession or a depression? A depression doesn't necessarily mean soup lines. And that is why, and I don't want to trigger anyone, but I want to give my honest opinion. I, I said it at the end of uh, the live stream yesterday. I covered uh, a protest here in New York. We've been trying to cover as many of these protests as possible. That is why, frankly... As amazing as these protests have been, and obviously I'm a white guy, certainly not telling black people how to run the protests, but I think there's a piece missing from this protest, and that is the economic demands. Of course, first and foremost, you got to stop killing us to the police. But these things are not, in, they're, they're connected. They're, let me tell you something, and, and Jimmy has said this and he's right. If there was a coordinated boycott of Amazon, fast food industry, let's say the meat industry, if, if people could do it, go without meat for a week, this country would come to its knees economically. If the hundreds of thousands of people, it seems, that, that have been protesting around the country, if they all not only marched with their feet, but with their wallets, the oligarchy is willing to wait out the protesters, just like fossil fuel companies, the fossil fuel companies have been willing to wait out the protesters at Standing Rock. Just like police departments were willing and the politicians were willing. Yeah, we'll let them protest in Ferguson, let them march in Ferguson and Baltimore and these places. Let them tire themselves out. Then we'll get back to business. 
What they're not willing to do is see their quarterly profits go down. What they're not willing to do is see their power structure go down. And what they're not willing is to see average people, working class people, actually do the hijacking themselves. When I say hijacking, I mean actually exert power through their wallets. So the way to actually get these companies, because corporations are at the helm, it's not the politicians. The politicians are not going to make reforms because they answer to their donors, the corporations. So the only way, the only way that you're going to see real change is if you hit them where it hurts, that's their wallets. That's why the climate movement has seen some gains by getting banks to divest over the last few years from fossil fuel projects. We've got to go further. I'm guilty. I've used Amazon plenty. People need to stop using Amazon. People need to stop going fast food restaurants. And I know it's tough for some people because it's all you could afford for your kids. Walmart, Target, the biggest multi-billion dollar corporate conglomerates, you stop using them, let's say for two weeks, you see how quickly change comes. You see how quickly Joe Biden can now make his plan, make his proposals bigger. I'd like to see people start talking about more. You can't trust the police department to actually tell the truth. Without video, the police time and time and time again just completely lie. They make shit up in their reports. And here's a great example. Louisville, Kentucky. Breonna Taylor killed while in her bed by police who barged in, started shooting. Let's see what the police put down as what happened. The Louisville Metro Police Department has released an incident report relating to the death of Breonna Taylor, an unarmed black woman who was fatally shot by police in her own home in March. But it includes little or no information about the events that led to her death. As the paper notes, while a copy of the report obtained by the Courier-Journal shows details such as the date of Taylor's death, the three officers involved, and the location, it provides very limited information in the narrative portion of the report. It also lists her injuries as none. Um, Anat, would you think on a police report, death would be an injury? Is that not an injury? Yeah, injuries, none. In the report, Taylor is listed as the victim, while the three, offer, three officers are listed as the offenders. The report also has a section dedicated to charges, which it describes as death investigation, LMPD, involved. In the same section, it has a label that reads bias motivation, under which someone typed none, no bias. It also had a box filled in for no under a forced entry. We know that they entered forcefully without approval. In the report, excuse me, on the fourth and last page of the report, which is meant for the notes narrative, the document states two words, PUI investigation. The report's release comes after the Courier-Journal brought a legal challenge against the local police department in an effort to obtain the investigative file into Taylor's death. 
In response to the police department, Richard Green, the paper's editor, said in a statement included in the Courier-Journal's coverage that the public deserves more. I read this report and have to ask the mayor, the police chief, and the city's lawyers, are you kidding? This is what you consider being transparent to taxpayers and the public? According to NBC, Taylor was fatally shot in her apartment in Louisville on March 13th when police visited the home she shared with her boyfriend, executing a no-knock search warrant as part of a drug case. Taylor and her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, had reportedly been asleep, but woke up and thought someone had broken into their apartment. Walker, who is reportedly licensed to carry a firearm, fired at an officer after calling 911. Taylor reportedly died after police began firing into the home, shooting her eight times. And the, they tried to charge the boyfriend with attempted murder of a police officer. What happened to don't tread on me? What happened to we need guns? We need to be armed in case somebody uh, intrudes in our home. In case you're black. Except if you're black. If you're sleeping in bed with your girlfriend and you hear people barging in, you absolutely have a right to get your gun and start shooting. The police say no injury when they killed this woman. They say no forced entry when they did an all, a no-knock intrusion and a bunch of words that I don't understand. By the way, this is after police, the original police report in Minneapolis, didn't mention Derek Chauvin strangling George Floyd knee in neck for nine minutes, almost nine minutes, as he said, I can't breathe and called for his dead mother. Failed to mention that. Just said routine police stop, suspected counterfeit, while, while apprehending the suspect, he exhibited medical distress and then later died. So we have not only a police brutality epidemic, but a police, uh, what, what would be the phrase? Just cover up epidemic. You can't trust the police. Don't want to generalize. Not all of them are you know, liars, but there's a reason they call them a gang. And this, so Joe Biden wants to give $300 million more to the police that time after time after time cover up what they do, cover up how they're killing black men. Remember, Joe Biden's current advisor, Rahm Emanuel, not only was there a settlement with the Laquan McDonald family before Rahm Emanuel's reelection in Chicago for mayor, which Rahm Emanuel stopped that settlement information from getting out. They covered up the video of him getting shot 16 times. No accountability. You don't have the Democratic mayor stepping in. You can't have police investigating police anymore. You need actually independent agencies that aren't part of the police industrial complex. Not these district attorneys who day-to-day -day are, are interchangeable, have it, that have relationships with the police. As we saw, the district attorney in Minneapolis, in Hennepin County, didn't even want to charge the officer. He charged them after initial outcry with third-degree murder, which Keith Ellison, thankfully, 
improve, uh, increase to second-degree murder. And I think with more of an investigation, they might ratchet it up to first-degree murder. Does Joe Biden have an answer for this? You're just going to tr trust the police? We have body camera laws in a lot of these places that the police just blow off. They don't wear their body cameras, even though in a lot of these cities, they're supposed to. The lawlessness is not the looters. Yes, that's against the law. The police are being lawless, and then they're covering up their lawless, lawless, lawlessness.